Hi listeners, welcome back to Motivate, the Motivation and Inspiration Podcast. Today's motivation features Jordan Peterson telling you to chase your best self. We all know that in order to achieve our dreams, we need to become better than we currently are. Jordan points out that seeing yourself making progress towards your goal is the dopamine hit that you need. There's something about you that craves difficulty, so use it as fuel. If you get a chance to pick your difficulty, choose something that yields the greatest results. Don't choose something that is easy and doesn't end with you becoming a better person. Choose something like leaving a review for this podcast on Apple Podcasts with the link in the description. That's it for me today. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoy today's episode. His proposition was that every ideal is a judge. And that makes perfect sense because an ideal is something to which you aspire. And the gap between you and that ideal, if it's your ideal, is felt as judgment. Mm. And so that's one of the reasons people are very afraid to have an ideal, to make it, that's why I wrote, do not hide things in the fog. It's like, well, you should lay out an ideal. You should pursue an ideal. Why wouldn't you? Well, when you make your ideal explicit, it turns into your judge. Well, then you can listen to that judge and, and move forward and transform. But, you know, it's pretty damn harsh. Because to, especially to begin with, you posit an ideal, especially if you're in a mess. God, every bit of you is being judged as unworthy. Yeah. <laughs> There's endless reasons not to want that. Technically speaking, again, um, seeing yourself move towards a desired goal is the essence of the positive emotion that nourishes us. And I mean that technically. That's dopaminergically mediated incentive reward. And so you don't have to get to the goal. You have to aspire to the goal and move towards it. And that then that doesn't even matter if the goal recedes, which it will as you approach it, because mm-hmm. your you know your ability to conjure up what constitutes the ideal is going to become more sophisticated as you move towards it. And you might think, well, that's terrible but it isn't because it means the game doesn't have to end <laughs> right because if you may you hit the ideal yes. like, oh well game over reset you know but no no that isn't <laughs> going to be how it works it's just it's going to get better and better and better and it it's it's why it's life is the perfect game i mean if you have a really good for those of us who've played video games you have a really good video game or even a really good book or even a really good movie series or a show and it comes to the end and you're like Oh, there's a huge letdown at the termination of this thing that's been incredibly engaging, mm-hmm. especially Even if, if you win. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You win and you get this moment satisfaction, but it's replaced almost immediately by the disappointment of the cessation of the game and the recognition that you're in a finite game when you really want to be playing the infinite game. And that's what life is, the infinite game of renewal of life. And that's why it's so good. We'll never replace it. It can't get better. And it's hard as hell. <laughs> and it's hard as hell at the same time. And that's that's the way we would want it. Well, it seems like that's the way we want it. I mean, that's another thing I talk about a little bit in the new book is like, well, when you look back on your past, it's generally having done something difficult that you remember positively, I would say. Yeah. So, so then there's something about you that craves difficulty, optimal difficulty at least. Strangely enough. There's this idea in Christianity that we've discussed briefly that the judge and the redeemer are the same figure. 
Now, you know, in the book of Revelation, you may know this or you may not, Christ comes back as a judge, and he has a sword coming. It's a, it's a, it's a revelatory vision, that, that, that book. It's a very strange... It's, it's the last thing you'd expect conservative Christians to believe in. Believe me, it's such a visionary hallucination, the book of Revelation. But Christ comes back with a sword coming out of his mouth, and he comes back as a judge. And he divides the damned from the redeemed, and most are damned and some are redeemed. It's very, very harsh. Now, Jung believed that the figure of Christ in the Gospels was too agreeable, too merciful, too tilted towards mercy, and that that called out for a counterposition, and that was the counterposition of judgment. Very interesting hypothesis. But then, but then there's this, this melding of the two ideas that the judge and the redeemer are the same thing. Okay, now, this young man told me that his life lacked purpose and direction and meaning and that he was nihilistic until he started he read Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, which is a book I actually like quite a bit. I've read it three times at different decades of my life. And one of the things that's very interesting about that book is that it's an examination of the idea of quality, of the idea that there are qualitative distinctions between things and that we have an instinct to make qualitative distinctions. And so a qualitative distinction is simply, this is better than that, which is a judgment. Okay, now what Ratzinger is hypothesizing is that the person in and up you know how you the idea the modern idea is you're supposed to accept yourself I think that's an insane idea by the way really I think I can't think of a more nihilistic idea than that you're already okay it's like no you're not and the reason you're not is because you could be way more than you are and so what do you want to be you want to be okay as you are or do you want to strive towards what's better and this young man, this Australian, he said that the reason that Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance had such an impact on him was because he wasn't happy with his current mode of being, right? He didn't consider the manner in which he conducted himself sufficient. And the fact that the author of Zen, and it was Persig, laid out the notion that you could make qualitative distinctions and there, there really was a difference between good things and bad things or great things and evil things. It gives you direction. It gives you, gives you the possibility of moving upward. And, and Ratzinger is pointing out, at least to some degree, that human beings are insufficient in and of themselves and need the movement upward. And so they need to conceptualize something like the highest good and then to strive for that. And the thing is, is that there isn't any difference between conceptualizing the good and being judged. Because if you're going to conceptualize the good and move towards it, what you have to do is separate from yourself all those things that aren't good and leave them behind. And that's why the Redeemer and the Judge are the same thing. And one of the things that's really appalling, I think, about our modern world is that we're rejecting the notion of qualitative distinctions. You say, well, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings by saying that one thing is better than another. It's like, okay, fair enough. It's not fun to be cast off with the damned. That's for sure. But if people are, in fact, insufficient in, in, the, in their present condition, which seems to be the case, I mean, try finding someone who isn't, then if you deny the possibility of qualitative distinction because you want to promote a radical egalitarianism, then you remove the possibility of redemption because there's no movement towards the good. And it seems to me that it's a catastrophe to sacrifice the good for... Well, it's a catastrophe to sacrifice the good for the equal 
Because for us to be equal would be mean, as far as I can tell, that we would all be equally unredeemed and miserable. And so... We remind ourselves constantly, constantly to be grateful. And I'm always trying to watch what I say and, and to feel it out so that I don't, so that I use my words carefully. And it's, I'm attentive to that. Yeah. And despite, you know, despite temptation, because I'm very disheartened in many ways. Uh, in many ways. You know, I spent a lot of time trying to be of aid to people, let's say. Um, and the consequence of that, I suppose, was that when I needed it the most, I got a lot of that back. And that wasn't something I expected. It's like when my wife was sick in the hospital, we had hundreds of letters of support prayer groups contacted us and and there and well-wishers who said we hope we're praying we want this to work out we're thinking about you it's like wow you know that's great it's sustaining and certainly um i read the youtube comments and so forth and thank god most of them are positive <laughs> I, d I don't know possibly how people live when that's not the case you know because negative ones strike me to the core so i'm i'm very i'm a very peculiar person for what i'm doing actually because i don't have that much resilience in the face of criticism i'm very <laughs> sensitive to it um but fortunately there's there seems to be a lot of support and constantly thank god it it's a remarkable thing i can't believe it I, I really can't believe it and so and i'm pleased people seem to be responding to this book positively you know i looked at some of the i told you i looked at some of the public uh reviews on amazon and there's not a lot of them yet a couple dozen but they seem to be trending in the direction that i would hope for and so good i hope this book is helpful i There's i no tried doubt. to make it full of things that were helpful to me you know